It is good to be with you today. Man, hasn't the presence of the Lord been great here today? It's been good to be in His presence and good to be with you and on this beautiful Sunday morning. And uh, we're just here to, you know, now, we, now we've, we've enjoyed and celebrated the presence of the Lord and we're going to get into God's Word here in a moment. And um, I just wanted to say how much I appreciated, Michelle, how you led us into our time of praise and, and worship here today with the condition of things the way that they are, but I really appreciated the sensitivity to that, and that was uh, very, very important for us to um, align our hearts and to make sure that we're not above or beneath, but right where God wants us to be, and making sure that God gets all the glory no matter what goes on in the culture around us, and uh, it's tragic and it's devastating, but, but God is God. He is on the throne. Amen. And uh, we, we trust the Lord. I wanted to just take a moment. I, I cannot wait for this, all this step one, step two, step three, or phase one, two, and three, all this junk to be done. How many are ready for a change? I, I'm ready for a change. Well, but until then, we are trying our best to stay the course as it relates to the as as it relates to the leadership over us, and um, we've been having just a little bit of a problem with going down the wrong way and picking up children and everything. And we just want to remind you that we're just trying to follow the rules. And one day this will be behind us, but until that day happens, if we could try our best to just cooperate and uh, kind of work together and make sure that, of course, I know we don't have child care here today right now for this service, but in the second service it will be. And so we enter through these main doors, and when you come, we are still asking you as families and homes to kind of keep your separation as best you possibly can and, um, you know, just kind of stay out of each other's uh, space, I guess, a little bit. And then we exit this way. We come in this way. We exit this way. And, uh, and, and if you happen to come at the second service, that's when we have child care. The children go down this way, but we go and pick them up this way. There's a set of stairs through these doors, and that's how we go down and pick up all of our children. And we're just trying to work and cooperate with one another. And, uh, and someday this will be behind us. Amen. And then we'll be coming in all kinds of doors and getting in each other's face, and it'll be great again. Amen? So, but we appreciate you working with us on that. And I think next Sunday we have a plan to have coffee after or between the services. And so we've just told you to stay out of each other's face, and now we're going to provide coffee where you're going to hang out and be with each other. So, but anyway, that's what we're going to do. And I guess tomorrow starts the second phase, is that right? Technically, so we'll... We'll see how all this plays out, but uh, we'll probably have coffee in the back and you guys can catch it on your way out or whatever. But anyway, we are, we're looking for this to be over with. But, and bringing that up, I, you can see it's already up there, but I, I have a series that I, that's actually been in my heart for some time, and it's, um, it's entitled Change. And I felt like God gave this to me uh, a few weeks back, and so I've just been kind of going over this for a little while, and um, whether, whether or not we realize it, there is always change going on us all the time, all around us. There's change happening. And over the years, we've seen some dramatic changes in our nation. We've seen 
changes politically, financially. Uh, you know, we've seen changes in the, in the way things are done all around us. We've seen change religiously in, in our churches. And in recent months, of course, we've gone through some pretty dramatic life-changing changes. They've been forced to kind of, we've been forced to kind of alter and, and make adjustments in the current pandemic that we've been going through. And of course, right now, on this beautiful Sunday morning, this is a reminder that we are in a seasonal change right now. We are, man, how, are you just excited about this or not? Come on, I'm excited. I'm glad that we're moving out of winter and spring and into summer, and it could stay like this every day, all summer long, if, if it was mine, if I was the Lord. Uh, but you add to this, you add to this the fact that that there are times when God brings to bear on our life some changes He wants for us. That God is a God who changes things. And because God is a God who changes things and God is working to bring change in our life, then it's time for us to change. And that's the title of my message today. It's time for us to change. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to, just to kind of get this started, I want to look in Daniel chapter 2, verses 20 through 22. The words have come up on the screen, but this story takes place after Nebuchadnezzar has a dream, and he wants to know the meaning of the dream, and he says, if you can't tell me the meaning of the dream, then you're going to die. And so Daniel said, give me a couple of days, and he went and sought the Lord, and he prayed to the Lord, and God gave him the answer to the dream. And this is Daniel's response. This is how Daniel responds to the Lord in thanksgiving for the, for the answer. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are His. He changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and He raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness, and light dwells with Him. If you go back to verse 21, if you would for, with me there, just look at that first phrase. It says that God changes the times and the seasons. Say that with me. God changes the times and the seasons. And what the Lord dropped in my spirit a couple of weeks ago was, if I change the times, then that means for you it's time to change. And so that's the word I feel like God has given me today. So Father, we just want to thank you for your presence here today. Holy Spirit, I pray for grace to be able to just share simply and clearly your word. I pray for power, Lord, to do that. And I pray for anointing upon every ear in this room to hear what you are saying to us individually, what you're saying to us corporately. God, help us to see what you are doing in Jesus' name. And everybody says amen. The word change means to make the form, nature, content, or future course of something different from what it is or from what it would be if it were just left alone. 
The idea of the word change means to become different. Everybody say different. That's what change means. Change means to become different, to undergo a complete transformation. Leo Tolstoy said, everyone thinks of changing the world, but no one thinks of changing himself. Most people, if you think about it, most of us want change in and around our life, but not everybody wants to change. Not everybody wants to go through what change looks like and feels like. In other words, I want him to change. I want that to change. I would like for this to change, but it doesn't really come back to here oftentimes when the rubber meets the road. Amen. In fact, when it comes to change, I think we're a little schizophrenic. On the one hand, change can be exciting, but on the other hand, it's alarming. Because with change, we see the potential, we see the possibilities of what could be, but also change kind of sometimes means that it's going to press us outside of our comfort zone. And how many of you know, I believe we all like our comfort zones. We get really comfortable with the way things are in my life, even though down deep inside, I would like some things to change. And yet when it comes right down to it, we find ourselves adjusting to the dysfunction and the crisis or the problem in our life so that when change begins to start coming our way, we almost resist it with every fiber of our being. Amen. Amen. That's emphasis. Don't ever forget that. I planned that. I got it right down in here. Squeal. One of the reasons that we resist and recoil at change is that sometimes change comes in a form that we didn't expect. And it stretches us. And it makes us very uncomfortable. It oftentimes will come through hardship. It will come through circumstances that are beyond our control. And while we may want change, we didn't want it that way. We didn't want to walk through that door. We didn't want that issue to arise. And yet we may have been crying out for God to move. And so God begins to move. And oftentimes, some of God's greatest revivals and some of His greatest seasons of refreshing have come through very dramatic, even tragic circumstances in our lives. It's change. And it's hard. And this is exactly what was going on when Jesus came. When Jesus came, how many of you know He was not like all the other rabbis? Not in the least. I mean, not to mention he was God come in the flesh, but I mean, beyond that, he didn't lead his disciples like all the other rabbis were leading their disciples. He wasn't teaching what they were teaching. He wasn't doing what they were doing. He was doing things completely different. He was not just talking about the evils of sin. He was forgiving sin. 
Hallelujah. He wasn't just talking about how there's a God people and a sinful people. He was hanging out with the sinful people. He was working on the Sabbath. He was doing God's work, but he was working. He wasn't doing things like all the other rabbis and even the Pharisees and even John's disciples came to Jesus one day and they said, why don't, why don't you and your disciples fast like we fast? And you know what Jesus said to them? He said, listen, you can't sew a new piece of garment on an old, on an old worn out taggered uh, garment. You can't do that or else when you wash it, the new will pull away from the old and both of them will be useless. You can't put new wine into old wineskins because the new wine is so alive that old rigid wineskin can't handle the fizz and it explodes and you lose everything. You know what Jesus was saying? I didn't come here to patch up an old system. I came here to establish a brand new system. I'm going to do a new thing in the earth. I'm going to do something this system can't handle. You can't handle what I'm brewing. That's what Jesus said. Amen. He said, I'm not here to put new into the old. i got to change the whole thing. And listen, that's what God does. And that's change. That's change. And some of us want God to do something, but we want to hang on to this. And you can't do it. It's time to change. Come on, turn to somebody who's six feet away, I hope, and tell them. It's time to change. Now listen. I don't, I don't consider myself a prophetic person per se. But I believe that God is changing things. I really believe that the Lord is setting us up for change. And there's some things that He wants to change in us. And change is coming whether you like it or not. The question is, are you going to get on board with what God is doing? Because everybody in this room is changing, either for the better or for the worse. How many of you like to get on what God's doing? It would be good for us to do that. So it's time to change. Now, let me just start by... I want to, in this sermon, I, I want to kind of come at it from a couple of different directions. First of all, I want to talk about things that never change. And the reason why I want to talk about this is because change can be, it can rattle your cage. Change can be upsetting. It can be hard. It can be difficult. When you're used to things going in a certain way, and now you're telling me that God wants things to change, and really, if you really check your heart out, you've been crying out for this somewhere down deep inside. You've been wanting God to move, and God's saying, I'm getting ready to move. I'm here. I'm, not gonna, I, I'm ready to move in your life, but it can be unnerving sometimes. And scary, and even difficult. And it's important for us to realize that in the process of change, there are some things that will never change. There's some things about God and what He's doing in your life that will never change concerning you. And this is so important. In fact, Malachi chapter 3, verse 6 says, I am the Lord. I do not change. Hallelujah. 
God doesn't change. And so there are some bedrock truths about God and His relationship with you that in all the changes that He's going to bring, things that may cause you to feel unstable, things that may press you up against the wall, things that may, may be hard for you, you need to know these three things. They're very simple things. God's love for you will never change. That's the first thing you need to keep in your spirit. God's love for you, the love of God for you will never change. Here's what Paul said in Romans 8, 38 and 39. He says, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers, listen to those words, nor things present nor things to come. Let me tell you, when this present thing is over, there's something else coming. Come on, can I get an amen out there? He said, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. Listen, where you are right now, there needs to come some changes. But listen, don't ever forget this. God loves you on your best day, and He loves you on your worst day. His love never runs out on you. His love never gives up on you. Hallelujah. I don't know why I'm yelling. Hallelujah. You need to know this. God doesn't love you based on your performance. He loves you based on His character. God is love. Amen. Even when I'm slow, even when I'm stubborn, even when I'm selfish, even when I'm pushing off what God wants to do in my life, He loves you. He doesn't love you based on your performance. He loves you. And He's going to love you through this change. He's going to love you through your world being shaken. He's going to love you through this transformation that is going on. And for some of us, it's something on the inside. It may be relational. It may be a whole completely different life change. Don't ever forget it. God's love never gives up on you. Hallelujah. I remember reading a story one time of a farmer who had a weather vane. And on the air, it was a, there was an arrow on the weather vane. And on that arrow, it says, God is love. And someone saw that weather vane and they saw that scripture up there, those words, God is love. They said, what does that mean? Does that mean that, that, that uh, God's love changes with the blowing of the wind? And the farmer said, no, it means that no matter where the wind blows you, God will love you there. Hallelujah. And so you need to know that no matter what winds of change may be blowing in your life, wherever you find yourself, God's there. He loves you. Amen. Come on. Can I get a good amen out there? Here's another truth, an unchangeable reality. God's Word is for you. It, God's Word for you will never change. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 8. The grass withers. The flower fades. Listen to it. Read it with me. But the Word of God, we don't have it. Yeah, there we go. The Word of God, the Scripture. Isaiah 40, verse 8. Do we have that? There we go. The grass withers. Read it with me. The grass withers. The flower fades. But the Word of our God stands forever. I love another Scripture that says, Your Word, O Lord, is settled in heaven. You know what Jesus said? 
as in heaven, so on the earth. If God's word is settled in heaven, then it's to be settled in the earth too. Because just as it is in heaven, so it is to be on the earth. And what I'm trying to tell you is in when your world is changing, when you're changing, when God is upsetting things and turning things over and bringing in new seasons and new times in your life, you can know this, that God's Word never changes. It never alters. It never diminishes. It, he never has to change the meaning of things. He never has to change His commandments. They are eternal. They are settled. In other words, you can walk on the Word of God because God, no matter what the world says, no matter what the crisis says, God's Word is true. You can build your life on it. Amen. Come on, can I get a good amen out there? When I need to change or when things around me are changing, I have a word to stand on. God's word are his principles, is his word is his principles to live by. There are promises that I can hold on to. The word of God is my peace. It brings purity into my soul. It's the power for my day. I had a scripture sent to me today from my dad. He sends us a scripture every day. And it's out of Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 16, where Jeremiah says, Your words were discovered and I ate them and they came to me, the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. And he says, I am called by the name of the God of hosts. You know what God's word tells you like Jeremiah? God's word is for you. And if you will eat the Word of God, it will become the essence of joy in your life. And you'll see that God's calling is on you. His plan is for you. Hallelujah. And so, the Word never changes. The Word never changes. The third thing that never changes concerning God and you is God's purpose for you will never change. When God is bringing change in your life. God always has a plan and a purpose for you. Are the air conditioners up too loud? Can I, did I, anybody, did you hear me? When things are changing, don't ever doubt God's plan and purpose. Isaiah, uh, Psalms 33, verses 10 and 11 says, The Lord frustrates the plans of the nations, and He thwarts all their schemes. But the Lord's plans stand firm forever. His intentions can never be shaken. Hallelujah. Have you ever had to change your plans? Have you ever had to make a change of plans? Come on. Sometimes we have to change our plans because somebody else didn't show up when they were supposed to. Change of plans. Sometimes we have to change our plans because COVID-19 happens. I was going to go on vacation. Now I can't. I got to change of plans. Sometimes I have to change my plans because I screw up. But even if it's someone else, or if it's a circumstance in life, or even if it's me, the plan of God for me, His purpose for me, never changes. Joseph, David, Abraham, I mean, just go down the list 
of the people in the Bible that went through things that altered the plan in life. But God has a plan. And He has a purpose. And we need to stand on that. When change is happening, when things are being changed, and it doesn't, this doesn't look like what I envisioned. This, this was not in my five-year plan. How many, I've had my five-year plan scratched so many times. Amen. <laughs> Come on out there. God works through our missteps and life's tribulations to bring us to His purpose. Romans 11.29 says, For God's gifts and callings never change. Long before you were born, God planned for you. He created you for a purpose. And His purpose hasn't changed no matter what has happened. God's purpose stands true. It stands firm. That's what the Bible said. Remember what the other scripture said. It stands firm forever. God doesn't change His mind about you and I, but the only way that we can miss God's plan is if we resist His Spirit and rebel against His will for our life. That's the only way anybody can miss the plan of God. If I reject the Holy Spirit, if I rebel against the will of God, God wants to change things in my life. God wants to do this thing in my life. No, I don't want that. I don't want any part of that. And we go off in our own way. And you know what we're going to do? We're only going to prolong our own time of suffering until we get it. Come back to our senses and submit our heart to God. Amen. I think I'm preaching right now. Amen. Those are just a few. There's probably more things that are unchangeable. God said, I don't change. My love for you doesn't change. My word for you doesn't change. When I give you a promise, I'm good for it. It may not come in the package that you expected, but it's my promise. Amen. And God's purpose for you doesn't change. Now, that's the foundation. But now what I want to do in the second part in bringing this sermon to an end here, I want to talk about how change works. In this changing time and season that God is calling us into, what does it look like? How, how does change work in our lives? If, God is, if it's time for me to change, remember what, what Daniel said. He said, you change the times and the seasons. Isn't that what Daniel said? So if God is changing the times, then that means it's time for me to change. And there are some things in my life that maybe need to change. There are some things in my marriage that maybe need to change. There are some, maybe God is calling you in ministry in some form or fashion in your life, and He's, and he's calling you to a change. And, and so what does this look like? And so today what I want to talk about is just kind of basically three different components where true change happens if we're if we'll yield to this if we'll go with this if we'll work with this this will help us in the process of changing and the first thing about change here's how change works first of all it's in the power of a new identity i want that to sink in just for a moment just look at those words the power 
This is how change works. Change, there is, there is power in your identity in Christ. Remember this scripture. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Did you know that when you got saved, you had absolutely nothing to do with it? All you did was believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ, and you basically just kind of surrendered your heart to that truth and that reality, and God came into your life, and He made you brand spanking new on the inside. He didn't put an old patch on an old piece of garment. He didn't put new wine into an old wineskin. He made the whole thing brand new. You became a new creation. Come on, everybody say new creation. You have been made brand new. He changed your nature. Peter said he gave you a divine nature. You don't Listen, when you got saved, after you gave your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ and something transformed on the inside of you, you became brand new on the inside. Now when you went home, you looked the same, you had the same clothes on, you went to the same house. There were a lot of things on the exterior of your life that never changed, but they began to change. Because a real change took place on the inside of you. What happened in you, you became a new creation. You became a child of God, a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You became holy, righteous, complete in Christ on the inside. You still maybe had flaws and you still maybe had hang-ups and you maybe still had some habits in your life that you would hope to change. But you changed on the inside. And listen, that's where change comes from. It's not an out-in, it's an in-out. That's how change happens. See, I'm trying to tell you today because sometimes we think, I can't change, I can't change. No, you can change. Change has already happened. I'll tell you why you can change, because you've been changed. Amen. Anyone is in Christ, he's a brand new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. You can change because you have already been changed. See, in Christianity, sometimes we, when it comes to change, I want to change this. I want, to cha- I want this to change about my life. And so we try to do all these things and follow all these rules and these, these, and we, because we want to become a better person. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better this or a better that. And it's a subtle thing. But I want to show you a quote. I hope this is up there. I think it should be. The quote goes like this. Who you are determines what you do, not what you do determines who you are. Who are you? You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. And that determines what you do but see sadly some of us in our christianity think well what i do determines what i am if i can just do this and this and this and this and it's that outside in i'm going to bring change i'm going to change 
if I do this, I got to add this to my life. I got to make this work. I got to start, stop doing this and start doing that. And I want to tell you something. You don't do what you do and, and that's who you become. You are who you are. And that determines what you do because you've been changed on the inside. Come on. Can I get a good amen out there? I may not be saying this right, but I'm trying. It's because you've been changed on the inside. You've been made brand new on the inside. Then these things begin to work and manifest out in your life. And it begins to alter your decisions and your choices. So that when the Holy Spirit comes and he begins to deal with you, you have the power resident within you to change because you've already been changed. Imagine somebody coming up to you and giving you a blank canvas and showing you a picture of something Michelangelo painted. And they said to you, do that. Well, some of us would get kind of close. Kevin, I think, would probably get pretty close. He's a good artist. I would be way off. Some of you would be a little bit better than me. Some of you would be a little worse. But, think of it this way, but if the Spirit, if Michelangelo got inside of me, maybe I could do it. If I read the Gospel, if I read the life of Jesus, and I try to do that, I don't know if you know this, but you and I can't do what Jesus told us to do. We can't love our enemy. Come on, I'm preaching right now. Jesus commanded us to love our enemy. That's just one. I just focus on that. In and of myself, I can't do that. But if you put the Spirit of Jesus in me, and Christ takes up residence in me, then I think I can love my enemy. I may struggle with it in my own flesh, in my own pride, in my own arrogance. I may struggle with it from time to time, but I, but I can't do what God told me in His Word to do, but because my nature's been changed and the Spirit of Jesus is now on the inside of me, I can actually do what God commanded me to do. Amen. Time to change. You can change because you've been changed. I can't change this. I can't stop doing that. I can't... Quit this. I can't. No, listen. Don't give up. Don't give up. You can because you've already been. Amen. Now, this is how change works. First of all, it's holding on to that power of your new identity. But the second thing is, in the process, it's it's yielding to the process of the Spirit's working in our life. Now, I've been changed. But I'm not, listen, I'm not what I used to be. But I'm not everything I'm going to be. Now, I'm complete in Christ. If I were to die today, God forbid, I had a coughing incident. I, I, something went down my throat uh, this morning. I, was, I don't ever eat toast and I... I was eating a piece of toast and it went down the wrong pipe and I saw my life flash before my eyes. Julie may have had to preach my message today. 
But I know this, that if I were to die, or when I die, I know, I have no doubt, I'm going to go be with the Lord because I've been changed on the inside. But there are some things in my life that need to change. There are some things in my attitude that need to change. There are some things about how I think about people that need to change. Maybe this last week you've been watching news and you've been watching the back and the forth and the chaos and the tragic and all this stuff and maybe feelings and emotions have erupted on on the inside of you and this whole thing about divisiveness and, and conflict that arises, those are some things that need to change. I'm not trying to be political, but Christian. This is where the Holy Spirit comes in. Because Jesus says, I'm going to give you a helper. And the helper's going to help you. You know why? Because you need a lot of help. Amen. Come on, turn to that neighbor right there, and you know they need help. Just give them a smile. You know they need a lot of help. Here's what Paul said, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being changed, we're being transformed into the same image that we're beholding from one stage of glory to another stage of glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. See, the Holy Spirit is working in your life and in my life. And we don't want to resist the working of the Holy Spirit. We need that power. We need that presence in our life, and He's going to work on us. And as we focus in on the Lord Jesus Christ, as we zero in and just dwell on the glory of the Lord and just worship Jesus and make our life all about Jesus. And as we look full into His wonderful face, that glorious radiance of Jesus begins to manifest in our life by the changing, transforming work of the Holy Spirit of God changing us. Why? Because you need to change. There are things about you that need to change. I know you don't like it. I know you didn't plan on it. You didn't want it to come this way. Well, it did. And if it did, it's time to change. He's there. If you notice in the Bible, the Bible uses a lot of botanical type phraseology to, you know, it talks about the imperishable seed of the Word of God. And the fruit of the Spirit and trees planted by the streams of water bearing fruit in its season. And that's the picture of what is happening on the inside of us. The seed of God's Word gets in our spirit and the Holy Spirit works on us in that seed and He makes that Word, that seed, begin to germinate and begin to sprout roots and begin to grow and then that, that seed grows up out of the ground and it begins to grow. Be, and, 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 you know, there's a saying that says healthy things are growing things. And growing things are changing things. Because no seed goes into the ground 
and pops out looking the same. It comes out looking different. Because growth means you change from the inside out. The Holy Spirit is working a change in you. And then, and then He brings you through to this, uh, in this change, He brings you through to fruitfulness. And the fruit of the Spirit begins to grow out of us. And we begin to flourish like trees in their season, planted by streams of living water, bearing fruit in its season. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit. And here's what you need to know about what the Holy Spirit is doing in your life. He's working in your life gradually. All along the way, it's not an overnight thing. How many thank God that He hasn't given up on you yet? Sometimes the growth seems really slow, doesn't it? It's like, am I ever going to get out of this stage? Look at me, you will. No, that was, that was pathetic. Um, it's a gradual thing. It's an internal thing. It's an inside-out thing. We, we want things around us to change. Remember what I said? I want him to change. I want her to change. I want this to change. The Spirit says, no, I'm going to change you. Sometimes the work of the Spirit in our life can be painful. Everybody say, ouch. It can be painful. It can be a pruning thing. Jesus said in John chapter 15, verses 1 and 2, He says, I'm the true vine. My Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, He takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, He prunes. Why? That it be, becomes more fruitful. Well, if it was already bearing fruit, why bother? Because the Lord is looking for growth. He's looking for you to get healthier and to grow deeper and to get stronger. Because where He's taken you, He can't take you as you are. He's got to get you ready for it. Amen. Is this doing anything for anybody? So, there are things in our life that the Holy Spirit will come and there's just that snipping away of things that are unfruitful. Things that we grow accustomed to. Things that we like. Things that we want to hold on to. Things that we don't want to let go of. But He's like, you know what? This is drawing strength from you. And you don't even realize it. This is in the way of what I want to do in your life, but you're trying to make this fit into your life. Nope, that's got to go. And then even those places that seem to be productive, there's still a cutting back. And it can be painful when God's saying, I'm taking this out of your life, I'm taking this away from you, and I'm taking that away from you. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. His work is also very purposeful because you know the end result is the glory of Jesus. He wants to make you look more like Jesus. Amen. It's the glory of Jesus. And so we need to yield to that, that process of the Spirit's working in our lives. God is calling us to change, but change happens when I realize who I really am. And when I submit my heart to the working of the Holy Spirit, and it seems like it's a really slow process, but listen, if you yield, He'll do it. 
If you won't reject Him, if you won't turn, if you won't turn, turn off your hearing and shut down the voice of the Holy Spirit and those proddings and those dealings with Him working in your life, if you'll surrender to Him, He'll do it. Amen. And there is one final thought that I want to share with you about how this whole idea of, of, of the new thing works and how change works is that it requires a personal commitment for us to obey. See, I need to know that I can change because I've already been changed. I need to know that I can change by that working of the Holy Spirit in my life. But this third point is paramount to those first two. And I have to make a commitment that I'm going to obey what God is doing in my life. Listen, we can't do this without God, but God won't do it without us. Are you with me out there? No change in your life that you're looking for can happen without God. None. But he, he, he won't do it without your involvement and my involvement. We have to get on board with what he's doing. What is it that God wants to change in your life? What have you have been longing for? What are, what are the things that God has been wanting to do in you? And you know this. This is something he's been, he's been moving in you. He's been poking at you. He's been prodding you. He's been putting you. He's been, he kind of put you up against the wall and made you think about it a little bit. I'm not talking about he's hating on you, being indifferent to you, being mean to you. I'm talking about, you know, that dealing of the Lord. He said, I'm, I'm here to work change. I'm calling you into change right now. At some point, we have to commit our heart that we're going and intend that we're going to make a choice to obey God and do what the Lord wants us to do. Now remember, I do what I do because of who I am. I don't do what I do to become somebody try to, you know, become a better person. I've already been changed into the image of Jesus Christ, and it's out of that I do it. But I need to obey the Lord. Amen. At some point, we need to trust and obey. And if we're going to see change happen, we have to obey. There's that, I started to quote earlier, it says, healthy things are growing things, and growing things are changing things. Because changing things force us to trust God. And people who trust God obey God. You with me? Healthy things, how many of you want to be healthy? If you're healthy, you're going to be growing. But how many of you know that when you're growing, that means you're changing? It's time to change. And when you're changing, and in order to change, you've got to trust God. And when you trust God, when you really trust the Lord, you're going to obey God. Which makes you healthy. Which makes you growing. Which means you're changing. Come on. At some point, we've got to start doing what God tells us to do. We can't sit around here and make excuses. Well, I'll change as soon as she changes. 
That doesn't work that way. doesn't matter what the rest of the world is doing. It's what God's calling you to. I don't want to do that, God. Call somebody else. I'm not calling them. I'm calling you. I didn't call them. I called you. Don't worry about them. I got a plan and a purpose for them. Stop trying to hear for them. Hear, hear for yourself. Amen. The Bible talks about this idea that we just need to obey. Rebellion, the Bible says, is as the sin of witchcraft. It's demonic. Rebellion against the Lord is really demonic behavior. And we don't want anything to do with that. We want to yield and submit and surrender our lives to the Lord. And so I have to make a personal commitment every day of my life that I'm going to trust God enough to obey Him. And if I say that I trust the Lord but don't obey Him, I don't really trust the Lord. I may believe in God, but I'm not trusting in Him. Amen. I'll say amen to myself. So what is God dealing with you about? Are you ready to obey? Because the Bible says you need to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Listen to those words. Work. Everybody say work. Work it out. Work out your salvation. Remember that salvation that you didn't earn? You couldn't save yourself. God saved you by His grace through faith. And it was miraculous. But it says, because you're saved, work it out. How do we work it out? With fear and trembling. What does that mean? Humility, reverence, obedience, trust. What God, you're doing something in my life. You're wanting to turn things around in my life. You want me to stop doing this and start going there. And you and but but you got to learn to listen to God and humble yourself in fear and trembling. Amen. I found a scripture that I've read through the Bible many times. I've never seen this scripture before. I've seen it, but I, you know what I mean. You know how it is. It's found in Psalms 55, verse 19. It's just a phrase of that. He says, because they do not change, therefore they do not fear God. You know what he's saying there? When you don't fear God, you'll never change. Work out your salvation fear and trembling. Humble yourself. Determine that you're going to obey and do what God tells you to do. Are there some changes that God is working in your life? Is there something that He's doing? God up to something? You know, the times, God changes the times and the seasons. And I really believe the Lord gave me this word for us in this season. It's time to change. It's time to change. 2,000 years ago, this is, this is Pentecost Sunday, and this is about the time of the year after Jesus ascended into heaven, that 2,000 years ago, the Spirit of God was poured out upon all flesh. And the Bible said it was preceded, the presence of the Holy Spirit, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit came as of a rushing mighty wind and it blew it blew on the whole house and it drew the attention of the whole city 
Literally, the winds of change blew over Jerusalem. And we're sitting here today because of that time and that season and that wind of change. Well, I have news for you. I really believe this. The wind, the winds of change are blowing again. God's moving. God's working. God is stirring. God is there's, God wants to bring us into a new season, into a new time, but He won't do it without us. I want God to just change everything. Just change America. Just change this. Just change that. I will. And I'm starting with you. Hallelujah. Come on, let's stand together. It's time to change. Is there something God's been dealing with you about? Is there some thing in your life that God has been pressing you about? I think right now would be a great starting place to just surrender it right now to the Lord. Just surrender it to Him. Lord, we come to You at the end of this service, Lord. At the end of this Word, God. We thank You for Your presence in this place. And God, we just pray right now, like right here, right now in this service, among these people and those maybe watching online right now, God, that whatever you have stirred in their heart of your word today, God, that you would bring it about to completion. Lord, whatever we are up against, whatever changes we have been longing for, but also resistant to, I pray that our defenses would crumble and fall to the ground. And that we would surrender to the change, the season, the time, God, that you are bringing your church into Lord we as your people Lord I pray for any personal struggles on anyone's part Lord they they've been longing for a change in one way or another personally God I pray for them today Lord that you would arise raise up in them Lord a hope and an assurance of overcoming power and victory Lord Help us to know, God, that no matter what's going on around us, no matter the shaking or the stirring, you are God and you don't change. And your love for us doesn't change. Your word for us hasn't changed. And your purpose for our life hasn't changed. But God, we want to change. Have your way, Lord. Change our heart. Change our thoughts. Help us to change and to walk into the change of our life. Lord Jesus, we pray. We love you and we honor you in this place. Come on, can we lift our hands to the Lord one final time? Let's lift up a praise to Jesus right now. Audible, right out loud. Just just thank Jesus. Lord, we love you and we bless your holy name. We thank you for your presence here today. We honor you, Jesus. You are so good. You've been so merciful. You've been so kind. You've been so loving, Lord. Thank you for your presence. God, do... Do go with us, God. I pray that we would go out, Lord, as light in the darkness of a world around us. God, that we would go out with the love of Jesus overflowing out of our hearts, God. In this time of confusion and tragedy in the earth, God, we pray that you would give us words of wisdom and words seasoned with salt of grace, God. God, to speak into the hearts of people all around us, Lord. And God... Help us to be a praying people. Like Daniel said, Lord, let us be a people of prayer. Because you can't resist people who pray. Thank you, Lord, for that truth and that promise. 
In your name we pray. And everybody says amen. Amen.